He had to say that. There's no free ride. <laughs> no, not at There's all. There's no He's music. Such coming. a liar, that Gary. <laughs> uh, we are Mark and Brian. This is a special uh, uh, reunion program as we celebrate 95.5 KLOS and those iconic call letters. Uh, 50 years of broadcast, and we're honored to say we were 25 of those. But there's another part of it in that there are many that would like to see us, Mark and Brian, move into the Radio Hall of Fame. Amen. And in light of the induction into the Radio Hall of Fame, we're so very honored by that movement that we wanted to learn more yeah. about this <laughs> sure you did. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Sure you did. I don't know. I, okay. <laughs> we wanted to learn more about this esteemed organization. So with us to tell us more about its history and some of the other members is Gabe Jackson, a self-described radio Hall of Fame expert. Uh, yes, uh, good morning, Mark and Brian. How are you? Oh, really good, Gabe. How are you? Uh, just doing fine. Let me, let me start off by uh, wishing you a belated happy Easter. Thank you. And to all our Jewish friends, uno burrito, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, uh, 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 for the life of me, I, I can't figure out why you guys have taken like six and a half years to uh, contact me. I don't remember banging your wife or feeling up your dog, but... <laughs> Entirely possible, I suppose. Uh, uh, not to get too into it, but I had a few rough years. Did you? Yeah, spurred on by Mexican opiates and the depression over the cancellation of CSI New York. Really sorry to hear it, Gabe. You know, I never woke up in my own pool of vomit, but I did wake up in pools of several people's uh, vomit, uh, including uh, Mickey Rourke's and Vin Scully's. <laughs> Bad news. As you know, the Radio Hall of Fame is located in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. That was, that was a joke. I mean, who in their right mind would put a Hall of Fame of any kind in Cleveland? <laughs> no, no. The Radio Hall of Fame is located in the Big Apple, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the the state of terrestrial radio has never been stronger, kind of like cargo shorts and fidget spinners. <laughs> and the Radio Hall of Fame will be there to celebrate it every step of the way. Uh, <laughs> fidget spinners. Uh, uh, the radio, the Radio Hall of Fame was founded in 1974 in, in, in order to honor every radio DJ who refused to play Paper Laces song, Billy Don't Be a Hero. Even so, Billy Don't Be a Hero remains today as the most covered single of all time, maintaining a slim lead over Grand Funk Railroad's flaming bag of crap, The Locomotion. <laughs> now, there's only one way to be nominated. Mm. Uh, when you hear the Aerosmith song, Dream On, you must be the 12th caller and then say the phrase that pays. The Radio Hall of Fame, you'll be glad you came. <laughs> radio personalities are inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame based on the votes of a three-judge panel consisting of Judge Judy, Judge Reinhold, and Annie from the Popeye's Chicken commercials. Popeye's Chicken. Unlike Chick-fil-A, we have no problem with the gays. <laughs> little commercial there. Uh, incidentally, 
Incidentally, yeah. Mark and Brian, uh, uh, I'd love to. I'd love to throw my hat into the ring to host your induction ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, I understand that your top choices are either Shadow Stevens or Holdor <laughs> from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I say Shadow Stevens. <laughs> uh, there are more than 100 members in the Radio Hall of Fame, and some of them are so successful they don't have a roommate. <laughs> wow. Yes. Impressive. Uh, some of the most famous members include Wolfman Jeff. <laughs> Uh, Macy Kasem, <laughs> Rick D's nuts, <laughs> and of course Rush Rimjob. <laughs> the Radio Hall of Fame is incredibly difficult uh. to get into unless, of course, you're the daughter of Felicity Huffman. <laughs> uh, every inductee to the Radio Hall of Fame gets three things: mm-hmm. uh, an induction ceremony, mm. validated parking if the ceremony lasts less than thirty minutes. <laughs> and a coupon for a free fire-roasted Philly roast beef sandwich at Arby's. Arby's, taste the rainbow. Uh, in conclusion, I, I want to congratulate uh, congratulate you guys on a truly prestigious honor, and uh, it couldn't happen to two more deserving fellas. Uh, and it's great to hear that you're both getting your own drive time show on krch the crotch so enjoy uh, that um sticks tickets absolutely gabe thank you so yeah, much thank you for so your, much enjoy for your good time luck. Very, good luck when you're coming in yes. the great yes. gabe jackson and you know uh seriously the uh, uh the, the hall of fame um the voting is done uh but there is a lot to learn about the Radio Hall of Fame, and there's no better way, and, and Switchboard Laura is going to join us for this, there's no better way to learn uh, about the details of the Radio Hall of Fame than to have this gentleman join us from uh, the Rolling Stones, Keith Richards. So, Keith, uh, if you could share with us some of the details about the Radio Hall of Fame uh, and so our induction. I'll him on the air, then. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not to be on the air. Not on the air. Thank you. So the Radio Hall of Fame, Keith, if you could share uh, some uh, facts a bit. Keith, oh, yeah. the Radio Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes, uh, Mark and Brian in the Radio well, Hall. Well, the Radio Hall of Fame, right. you know, it's quite, it's quite a great honor. You know, it's, it's a Radio Hall of Fame. I was in my pants, you know, I mean, yesterday, and I, I was thinking about, you know, touching things, and I didn't know what. Uh, but so, uh, yeah. All right, so Laura, if you could uh, try to we don't tell speak, us, Keith, what did, uh, what did he say? Right, what did Keith say there? The Radio Hall of Fame is based in Chicago. Okay. Uh, Keith, is there anything else that we need to know concerning the Radio Hall of Fame and Mark and Brian's in them? I'm sorry. <coughs> sorry, Keith. Anything yeah, right. else that we should know I was about? Just, you know, the most important thing, you know, so to remember about being a you know, Hall of Fame member is you know, sometimes, you know, you can actually, like, if you, if you sneeze, mm. there'll be a lot of your belly in your car, and you know, sometimes you get pulled over, and then you can, you know, you know bum and anything in that. Laura. Uh, tell us what Keith just said, if you could. They induct radio people. Uh, Keith, <laughs> Keith, in closing, is there anything else that we for sure need to know about 
Mark and Brian's push to be on the radio. Well, serious, I'd say four scores in the seven. Yeah, I mean, a lot of sleep on Saturday. And when that boy, the end of the day, you know, the queen comes in and she's like, oh my God, you know, my eggs are dried up. And, wow. you know, my, and, and I don't know, it's all like dust down there. Wow, you know, wow, like, wow, then, my God. You know, so it sounds like, well, I don't know what you want me to do about it, you know. So I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't do anything about it, you know. So um, I got the hose and we did the thing with a yak. The and then we did this and what the fuck. And oh a lot God. of people, yeah, they come in and they say, well, I just want to say, Keith, you know, like, I you just sorry about the heart attack, you know. So, uh, I just hope dust. you don't hear beep, you know, because wow. that'd be bad. You know, wow. So in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Laura, what did Keith just say? Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Keith, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Uh, so, Laura, uh, real quickly, the voting is done. Just give us a nutshell. A lot of people would like to see this happen for And again, us. if you're just joining us, the reason we're sitting here is because of, well, uh, Rita Wilde, obviously, because she was so instrumental bringing us up. But Laura, a, a number of weeks ago, called us up, and we said, uh, and, and I, you know, I answered the phone, and I, and I rolled over, and I said, hey, Mark, it's Laura. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, she goes, I, I'm going to start a campaign to get you guys in the Radio Hall of Fame. What do you guys think about that? Mm. I'm able to, and, and at that point, neither one of us had any idea what it would, what you'd go through. I think both of us were thinking, in the back of our minds, it's kind of like the NFL. And, you know, where you, you, you retire and you have to be out of the game for a certain number of years. Then somebody, you know, calls you up and go, hey, we, we, you're, you've been nominated or considering to be nominated and that you get a yellow jacket and, you know, it's, and, and you, you give a speech. Um, so but then she did all this research and talked to so many great people um, and and found out all the steps uh, that, that, that she had to go through to get us here. So, Laura, we can't thank you enough. This is very, very sweet. It's, she's a teacher, you guys. She's a teacher, and she does, she's done all this in her spare time and the mass, uh, the mass media. Um, it's just been amazing, and we wouldn't be here without you, sweetie. So, uh, and, and what he said is true. Uh, Laura, so the voting is done. We're now kind of waiting to see if, there is, if we're on the nominee list. What do you need anybody to know, and what do you need from them? Um, well, first, I want to thank them for doing such a phenomenal job with and the, they did. the nominations. Did we not break some sort Yeah, I of... think we broke their site. <laughs> no... <laughs> All right, dude! <laughs> yeah. Broken, yeah! Well, normally they get one nomination from a station manager or somebody, so they get one nomination that would nominate Mark and Brian. And so since you didn't have a radio station, we just went a little different, and that because the listeners are an integral part of this show, I thought, well... They'll do the nominating. So um, I made my fabulous video, which I know everyone probably It's watched. great. It's mm -hmm. so wonderful. It's great. The nomination one. Check here. Anyway, um, so on that, we got about close to 6,000 views, which would be an equal amount of nominations because nobody cares about me talking about filling out an application. Mm -hmm. um, they'll look at a video because you guys are in it. So I think that was about it. I'm pretty sure we did really well because... Um, it closed on the 29th, and on the Thursday, they put up a slide. Voting nominations for 2019 are done. Done. <laughs> no over. more. Finished. We're over. So, so we're waiting on the nominee position? Well, now what happens is there's a committee of 25 people that will oh. look at all the nominations, but it's going to take them a while because of your 6,000 and whatever other ones they got in there. Mm. Um, and then they'll decide. We pissed them off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they'll, they'll make a group of people. There's four. 
And then that, oh, not four, there's more than four, there's four positions. And then that goes out to a voting block, like mm -hmm. the Grammys or the Academy Awards, and there's all radio people that'll vote on that, and then they'll tell us that response in June. Okay, so we're waiting for that. And then after, if we're lucky enough to move into the nominee category, what will happen after that as far as the listeners are concerned? And who do we have to financially grease? Um, <laughs> let's call Felicity Huffman, see what she says. <laughs> um, right now, they're still deciding. So the best thing that people can do to help is use my special little hashtags, Mark and Brian, um, KLOS, and Radio Hall of Fame, Radio HOF. Just keeping your name in social media and letting them know that it's what the listeners want. Mm. Um, and... To me, that's the greatest explanation of all. That's all right. Okay. Uh, how are we doing on time here, Gary? Oh, we're good. We've got plenty. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. So, uh, so. <laughs> all right. So one of the things that uh, I wanted to get into, and Rita brought this up. We did a podcast with Rita and Stu before we came in here, and this was a story that uh, I wanted to get into at some point. One of the things that we did on Mark and Brian uh, is we did birthday shows for each other. When it was my birthday, uh, Brian would do the show for me stuff that he thought that i would like and the same with his it was his birthday i would do the same thing. Uh, just a couple examples one birthday a show uh that uh, and the, the guy whose birthday it is drives <clears throat> to work no, no show, worries no worries no show prep no stress it's whatever because uh, the your the, the partner is going to lead you through whatever he had planned for you um one of the biggest for me was in the same show and we try we used a Skylord's helicopter and we flew to all these locations in the same show I got to play basketball at the forum with Magic Johnson mm. I got to catch a touchdown pass uh, from um, Everett Chris Everett Chris, Jim. <laughs> Jim Everett. Jim Everett. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Everett. Uh, from Jim Everett and, uh, and, and tons of, it was just the most amazing day. For Mark, um, uh, his favorite sitcom was uh, uh, Beverly Hill, uh, um, sorry, uh, Andy, Andy Griffith. Griffith. Uh, this was the best. And so um, we, I had a limousine pick him up at his house and I made sure that he was wearing a blindfold as he pulled in to the station because... Um, uh, I had an entire set, the the jailhouse set of the Andy Griffith show, including the desk and the door and the banister and the, the jail cells, and uh, had that. And I made him put on a, and, uh, the uniform. Uh, <laughs> Andy and, Griffith's uh, outfit, sheriff outfit. And so many guests from the old show were there. And then uh, I just said, well, hey, uh, hey um, sheriff, you might want to go check and see who's in the uh, the cell now. And, and one of them was Mr. Don Knotts. Um oh. I have to tell you, being a fan, because I had gone to the jail, and there were uh, uh, several. But when I went, and and Don Knotts, Barney Fife is standing there, and he he goes, I brought you a, a gift, a birthday gift. And he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a bullet. Where he oh, kept it on oh, the show. I cried. Oh, I cried. Oh. I, I really did. I lost it. You cried twice. Yeah. Uh, because I also had your then very young son, Matthew. Oh, I think he was four, oh, something God. like that. Uh, wear an Opie striped T-shirt and the jeans with the <laughs> rolled up at the bottom and the uh, the tennis shoes. Uh, and it had wow. a fishing pole over his shoulder. That's I had great. him walk in. Mark turns around and he looked. He said his line perfectly. He looked up at, uh, so I, I'm assuming Linda rehearsed with him. But he looked up at Mark and goes, want to go fishing, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Um, of all of them, that has to be my personal favorite because I mean, just the, that set was perfect. It was the Andy Griffith set. So, uh, having said that, as we gave each other these birthday shows uh, every year, you know, 
you kind of ran out of ideas. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're basically, oh, God, Mark's birthday's coming up, or Brian's birthday. What am I going to do? Let's say, what, what haven't we done yet? Well, uh, along with that, uh, because Brian was talking about the helicopter and the this and the that, it got really expensive. And this was unsponsored, and we had to kind of cut back. Brian, it was Brian's birthday coming up, and Brian had told me a story. <laughs> when he was in Chicago working as an improvisational comedian, he, the guy who was doing Bozo was going to retire. So that they had to find a new one, and Brian had auditioned for it, and it was it, he was down to him and another guy. Yeah, and this would have been seventy or like seven thousand dollars a show, something like crazy that. money for wow. for a kid. I was wow. like twenty something, twenty two, yeah. living in Chicago. You can live good on that money, and it was down to he and another guy. Well, he didn't get it, so I started thinking, well, wait, how cool would it be if we contacted the guy? who created Bozo and have him come in, dress Brian as Bozo, the official outfit, the paint, the hair, the whole thing. We do the whole thing. And so the producer contacted the guy. I don't want to screw it up, but I think his name was Larry. He agreed. So the original Bozo is going to come in and do it. And I'm feeling great. This is great. A, a fantasy is going to come true. And I'm sitting, I'm thinking, oh, God. Because Brian, on his birthday, likes to dress up nice. Because after his birthday, he wants to go out and Friends party take, with yeah. it. Right, sure. And, and really enjoy. Yeah. And I'm realizing, because I know him, he's going to give me pushback on this. He's not going to want to dress as Bozo. He's not. <laughs> Full makeup, Bozo. <laughs> and then it hits me. One answer. Get him drunk. <laughs> so beginning at 6 a.m., out the tequila came. Let me just... I go in. I know something's going to happen. It's my birthday show. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And, Mark, we, 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 we have the headphones on, and he can welcome in to the Mark Bryant Radio Program. Very special Brian's birthday show. Uh, Brian, I, I need to take a sip of this. And he pushes over a shot of tequila, and it's 6 in the morning, and it's not the drunk show like we did every year. And I, I, uh, I said, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. And it was, no, 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 no. <laughs> Good deal. Really need you to do this. So at this point, I know something's up. So uh, we get him drinking, uh, and I think one break, I said, you know, take two. Yeah. Those are small. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce the Bozo guy at seven. Brian was well lit, six, seven shots deep. So it's a good idea, and it's a good time. So in he comes, and Brian's enamored and loves that. Here he is, the original Bozo. He's, and so I said, he's going to dress you up. And I told the whole Chicago story. He didn't get it. What so he starts. Honor that he was there, you know. He starts the makeup and the hair and the suit and the <laughs> shoes, and it's all there. So by 8 o'clock, Brian is Bozo the Clown. <laughs> The whole thing, all of it, and drunker than I had seen him. And and so at that point, because we had talked about the Mark and Brian mobile, I said, Bozo, yeah, buddy, you're all dressed up. We need to go do a show. And so we hop in. Now, my response was, okay. <laughs> so so, uh, so we, we hop in the Mark and Brian mobile. And we take a right out of KLOS onto La Cienega, and we head down to Carl's Jr. It's still there. Yep. So we go, and we get out. Bozo, we're going to do a show at Carl's Jr., buddy. And so <laughs> well, that's how he's talking to me, because I am three shades. Okay. All right, now, Gary, Gary get ready. We, All go, right. we go in there, and just to set the stage, there were like two, three tables that had people at them. And only like one table had two kids and a, like a nanny or something. So, so, so Bozo's going to do a show for two kids and a couple of adults. And Brian had done the Bozo voice. Hey, boys and girls. It's that. 
And so, we, hey, boys, hey, Bozo, here we go. We got some kids. Go ahead and do your show. So Brian launches into Bozo. Now, it takes some energy to do the Bozo voice. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Happy day. You know, like this. Okay. And you just, a lot of air, a lot of uh, <laughs> diaphragm, uh, a lot of, it needs a lot of energy. So, uh, so Bozo's doing his show. And keep in mind, it's eight. So we're looking at 12 shots of tequila. <laughs> All right, so Bozo's doing his show. Hey, boys and girls. And then about a minute in, Bozo stops talking. And there's this pause. And then I hear Brian's voice. And he says, easy now. Okay, so it wasn't, it wasn't until later. That Brian told me that with the shots of tequila and him doing the bozo voice, he almost passed out. And it was him telling himself, easy now. So, and I honestly didn't know I said it out loud until I heard the playback of it. So we we get out of Carl's Jr. He finished the show, by the way. Show must go on. This is all live on the air. Correct? Oh, of course yeah. it was. Yeah. So we climb in the Mark and Brian mobile. Brian uh, Bozo is on the, the right in the back seat. I'm on the left. And Bo by the way, he's drunk enough now to where the Bozo hair had slipped back. And the, the blonde hair is coming out. And his eyes are slits. And Bozo decides to have a post-show smoke. So he's sitting in the back, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. You can see the tracks of tears that I've been crying. And somebody takes a photograph. That's the picture. That's the picture. Now, at the time, the Bozo people would not allow the photograph to be posted. It is now up. It, I have it blown up and framed on my wall at home. It is one of the most iconic and greatest. Now, you know Johnny Depp has a fear of uh, clowns, and this is when it started. <laughs> he now, saw the picture. The, the one kicker, as I said, we were on a budget. And Bozo, we got back just in time for 9 o'clock where I had set up Gino Vanelli to perform live. And Brian doesn't like Gino Vanelli, but it's all I could get. So I look over, and Brian, who doesn't like the music, drunk as hell, is sitting there dressed as Bozo. With my clown feet up, I just passed out. Uh, that oh. just that just says happy birthday, don't it, buddy? Oh. Uh, how are we doing on time? We need to take one, or are we or are we good? Uh, we're good. We're, All right, we're, take a phone call. Or? So we're gonna bring in somebody now that uh, I don't know how long we had been on the air, uh, but it was fairly quick that this happened. A guy. Uh, because we didn't have sports. We didn't have anybody doing sports other than us. And we were contacted by this gentleman who worked at KABC Television. And he thought that it would be a good idea that he would join us and just give us a sports update. And we kind of liked the idea because Brian's a big Chicago Bears fan. I liked the NFL. I didn't have a team. Uh, we did have their KLOS's original sports guy that was, I think, did sports for Rita. Who, who, who? Oh, yeah. His name was um, Tommy the Hawkeye. That's it, Tommy the Hawkeye. It was a Rams. Tommy Hawkins. Tommy yeah. Hawkins. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, th this is how this went. Um, the first time we had him on the show, um, Mark just threw out a funny. Uh, and said, so, uh, Tommy, because uh, Tommy was a big guy, right? Yeah, really, really, he played basketball, yeah. Really big guy. But he had his, he, he, Mark goes, um, so did you just 
put that helmet on when you were a baby and just grew out of it? <laughs> and a long pause, and he goes, "You funny man." He didn't. He didn't enjoy the. <laughs> he did not enjoy the, the humor. So, Ouch. so we we both agreed that we would like to have you know some sports activity on the program. Little did we know, that not only would we fall in love with the guy, but that he would be with us, for years, uh, probably twenty four, of the twenty five. Uh, Rita, do we have him? Yes. Let's bring Todd frickin' Donahoe up on the program. Good afternoon, Todd. Great evening to you guys. How are you? Can, can you just hold on one second? Yeah, sure. sure. Hold on a second. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, nice. Yeah, open it. Hey, Todd, what, right. what's that? What's that now? I, I said, what's your favorite beer? Well, let me tell you something. Cold and on sale this week was Pabst Blue Ribbon. (laughs) (laughs) And you know something? You know what you forget about Pabst Blue Ribbon? Mm. It is a very average beer. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of forget about that, yeah. So, so, Todd, uh, first of all, and again, we want to apologize to the many, many, many people that reached out to Laura who had worked with us here on the Mark and Brian program, and uh, we just didn't have room for everybody. We wanted to try to keep it to those that were with us for the longest period of time. And so, again, apologies for all of you that we couldn't possibly get to on the air. But, Todd was with us those many years, those many, many years. And Todd took to talk just a little bit of sports. The NFL draft has kicked off, and I've been sitting here with Brian uh, doing this. I don't know. Who did the Arizona Cardinals take in the first pick? They haven't picked yet. I mean, this is the biggest pregame show for a draft that I've ever seen in my life. They, they now sprayed the guys out on the red carpet and everything else like that, like it's the uh, you know, Academy Award. Oh, okay. And, well, I mean, uh, you so go they, prime They time. haven't made the pick yet. They haven't made the pick. Uh, but who, do you, like, who do you think it's going to be, number one? Kyler Murray. I think yeah. it's going to be Kyler Murray. Because if it wasn't going to be Kyler Murray, the Cardinals, I think, would have come out and said, look, we, we drafted Josh Rosen in the first round last year, for crying out loud. Why do we take one this year? But uh, so anyway, well, I mean, well, let's work on a trade. I don't know. I want to go to a point, and Brian, I don't know how much you follow the NFL Network, uh, the television yeah. network. Uh, Charlie Casserly, general manager with the Redskins, won two Super Bowls. He, uh, because Murray was traveling around at the combine, and he was doing uh, the uh, bu- the uh, blackboard mm-hmm. where they show him various plays. Charlie Casserly said. That Murray's this super stud quarterback. It was the worst read of defenses he had ever ooh, seen. Ooh. Now this guy, well, they th- just took him. By the way, they just drafted him. He's wearing a pink suit. By the way, oh. <laughs> all right, yeah. you got to really know so. yourself to wear pink, man. Yeah. Well, you this gotta be you got to be this Murray guy. He's got all the attributes. He's got the speed, the quickness, the arm, but he. He can't, according to Castle, he can't read defenses. But it doesn't matter. The Cardinals have now taken Murray in the first pick. Todd, how's your golf game? You know, I'll tell you something. This is I I moved to Kansas City, okay? You know, I'm retired now. Paul and I moved to Kansas City to be closer to two of our sons, Kevin and Jeff. We bought a 102-year-old house in the city. Boy, was... Boy, was that a mistake! <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't played—I haven't played golf since September 29th. But I'm gonna play next uh, Wednesday, May 1st, for the first time in like six. It's the longest I've gone without playing golf since I probably started playing golf. Well, so, you, yeah, it's you, been a while. You had to acclimate yourself to the new area, so you moved from a small town back into Kansas City. How is the the big city life again? 
I'll tell you, Paul and I love it. We live, and we decided when we downsized, we wanted to live in the city. Mm. And so we walk everywhere. I walk two blocks to the to the barber shop, two blocks to the drugstore, three blocks to the grocery store, uh, two, three, one, four, five blocks to my favorite bars. So it's really <laughs> good. I mean, you get there really, really quick. You know, let me tell you something. Listening to you guys tonight. I almost feel like George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking with Clarence in the dream, and I'm saying to myself, man, I think I got some bad liquor in me or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Todd, uh, for those of you who uh, don't remember or don't, don't know, uh, when um, uh, something pretty huge in sports would happen, uh, we, we did this the first time we did this. We just kind of threw it out there, and we didn't know that Todd was going to run with it like he did. And it became... Um, it became a feature on the show when Todd did one of his uh, uh, retrospectives. With that said, Todd. What are the odds? What are the odds of a young boy from rural northern Illinois getting together with a young boy from northern Alabama and forming a morning radio team that would one day earn them a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Well, trust me, a Vegas odds maker wouldn't even render a guess. But that's what happened to Mark and Brian. Who are these guys? That's what Los Angeles morning radio listeners were saying when they tuned in to KLOS Radio Labor Day weekend, 1987. Then General Manager Bill Summers brought the duo in from Birmingham, Alabama, and morning radio was never the same again in Los Angeles. The national awards began pouring in their personalities of the year by Billboard Magazine and National Association of Broadcasters. Soon their success would land them in other radio markets through syndication. Now listeners in other cities and metro areas got hooked on Mark and Brian. We clung to the radio when they secretly did a live broadcast from Graceland. We shook our heads when they convinced San Francisco Mayor Frank Jordan to take a shower with them. What was he thinking? <laughs> we look forward to the regular visits from the King and Fabio. Their comedy sketches kept us in stitches. But what set Mark and Brian apart from the others is that they shared their lives with us. Not only did they share the laughs, the joys, the celebrations of their lives, they also shared the sorrows of their lives. They shared their personal grief from illness and loss of family members and loved ones. And because they shared their lives with us, we shared our lives with them. Mark and Brian radio show was a two-way street, no holds barred. It wasn't fake. It was honest radio. It was sincere radio. It was human. That's what it was. Mark and Brian's show was human. In the best sense, it was full of that wonderful thing we call human emotion. And because of that, the Mark and Brian show became the longest-running, most successful morning drive time radio program in Los Angeles history. And so today, Mark and Brian, as we celebrate 50 years of KLOS and 25 years of your morning radio show in Los Angeles, we think, what is next? What's the cherry on top of the hot fudge sundae? 
Well, how about the Radio Hall of Fame? So for all of us who listen to your program at home in our kitchens, getting the kids ready for school, getting ready to go to work, or being stuck in freeway traffic, listening to you on the radio, we say thank you, Mark and Brian. Thank you for being a part of our lives. Wow. Wow is right. Todd, thank you. You know what? You know, you you guys are cutting into my happy hour. What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know how many of those you had before we got you on the phone, but uh, that was, uh, it was lovely. Lovely. Great. And Todd used and to. If do, you guys, if go, you make that Radio Hall of Fame, let me uh, in Chicago. Let me know because I come up there and see it for it. You know. That'll be the last thing we'll do, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Todd. Listen, I live yeah. vicariously through you. How many grandkids do you have now? I got what got, got three ki- grandkids. You know, we got three boys, and of course, those three boys grew up during the Mark and Brian show. We kind of talked about them a lot. But uh, oh, by the way, Nick Bosa was taken. Uh, uh, with the second pick, the 49ers. So Nick okay, yes, okay. Okay. But anyway, so so uh, Kevin now lives in Cleveland, where that Radio Hall of Famers, or maybe it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but anyway, he lives in Cleveland. He's got the three grandkids. we got Megan, who's uh, ten and a half, uh, uh, Nolan, who's six and a half, and uh, little uh, Nathan James, who's uh, about three and a half. Now, are you the grandpa that will always give them money when they shouldn't have it? Are you the grandpa who spoils the spoils them rotten? No, but I'll tell you something. We don't step out of bounds because their parents, you know, Kevin would get mad at me if I did something like that. You know, got to let, let the parents do the thing. It's like it's like little Megan. Little Megan goes, you know, Papa, will you buy me a cell phone? Mm. And I said, I said, no, but I'll get you an ice cream sundae. Okay. Okay. You know, so. Well, uh, Todd, but, you know, and, and then the other two boys, uh, uh, Scott and Jeff, by the way, they live here in Kansas City. So, okay. Um, one of the biggest compliments I think you ever received was that when we would hear from the lady listeners of the Mark and Brian program, and they would say, because of the sports information that Todd shares, I feel like I can talk with the guys at work on a level plane about sports because I learned from him. The many, many mornings, Todd, that you would share your insight on, it didn't matter what the sport was from hockey to baseball to uh, soccer. You were always very knowledgeable, and your part is, is indelible in the history of Mark and Brian, a fantastic job on your part. And thank you for the many, many years. Well, thank you. I always tried to, you know, do sports with you guys with a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We did stump the we did stump the commissioner all those years. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and and I always try to do sports for people who were not sports fans. So so they didn't feel like they were, you know, it, 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 when they're at work or in a social setting and people were talking sports, you know, sometimes it can seem like a foreign language to people who don't follow it. And I always try to do it for people who weren't sports fans so they could just kind of pick up on it. And and now, to be honest with you, that I'm retired, let me – I watch HGTV now. You know what I mean? House Hunters, I mean, ask me how many – hey, ask me to round it off to the nearest second – how much NBA basketball I watched on television this year? All right, round it off. Zero. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't watch. I didn't watch. It.
Uh, NBA this year, so you know, I, heard, <laughs> I heard the Lakers had a lousy season. Yeah, that's all we know. Listen, Todd, uh, we uh, we uh, got to get off the phone with you, but uh, what you just did that retrospective, and and, and t- again, Todd used to do that when with Magic Johnson, or we just give him a name, somebody, what's some sports icon that was in the news, and and he improv that. We played on the music, and then he just improv that whole thing. That was just amazing, and it was touching, and uh, from my heart, thank you so much. Well, from my heart, thank, again, thank you guys so much. You meant a lot to me in my career. I started with you guys first in 1988, and shortly after that it led to, uh, uh, to ABC yep. and then uh, doing other television and everything else along the way. So, uh, you know, being on the Mark and Brian program was certainly a great benefit uh, to my career and for my family. And so uh, for my family uh, and myself, I say thank you, Mark and Brian. Todd, the best to you. Thank you for carving out time. We hope yeah, to man. speak soon. The great Todd Donahoe. Have another yeah, beer. Hey. Enjoy the draft. Thanks, <laughs> Todd. You know, um, we, before we left, we had been hired by KLOS to come and do the morning show. And before we left, we were on the phone, literally packed and moving to L.A. And we're doing an interview with the Los Angeles Times. And it was a guy, a grunt. He had been assigned to talk to this new morning show, and he didn't really want to do it. Uh, and he was asking the typical questions of us. Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And then about three minutes into the thing, you could figuratively hear him put his pen down. And he said, you guys realize that Rick Dees is here? And we said, well, yeah, of course we do. Um, within uh, a year and a half, we were the number one morning show in Los Angeles. Never dreamed that would be possible. And other people have said, so what do you think it was? And I've processed it because it wasn't by miracles that it happened. When we first came in 87, Rick had been on the air for eight years. And Rick was the, the best that there was at what he did. And we were never one of the morning shows to say, you know, th- that guy sucks, our show is better. You know, we always thought big enough piece of pie for everybody. We, we, we weren't that kind of show. Rick was uh, just a genius. He was set up punchline record, set up punchline commercial, the best. Hmm. And here's what we were in my assessment and change it up if you if you'd like we this happened uh, early we had the tv top 10 it was the ratings of last week's tv top 10 most shows would go ahead and burn that that's 30 seconds but we knew that this tv top 10 needed something special so we would delve into our collection of albums that listeners had sent us <laughs> and on the air we would start searching for the perfect music on the air, needle on the album, and we would go through, and we would hit one, and we'd play a little bit of it, and Brian would go, well, we can't use that. Why not? Well, because it reminds me of my grandma, and that makes me cry. All right, we can't use that. (laughs) Got to get rid of that. So we were on the air for an hour looking for the right music until we settled on, and I'm not kidding, this exists. It's still around. We settled on the track termites in my woody (laughs) and over that classic over that we read the tv top 10 and that and that to me was what we were we knew every morning we had a stack of content in front of us and we knew that every other morning show had that um but our job was to look at this stack of content and find another way to do it i'll give you an example really Uh, (laughs) another example well the example is this we were given or or somehow got brass trombone trumpet 
Now, what to do with it? Who knows? Uh, we used it in many different ways, blasting in in the middle of a song and doing that. But I don't remember where this began or where this came from, but we we would always do the most requested old lady farting in the fog. I think we just had, you know, had it one morning and uh, it, it just kind of many things on the program. It just happened spontaneously and it was so stupid. And with our listeners, if it's stupid, that they become part of it because, you know, they're stupid. And uh, no, no, no. Uh, but, but that that was what I think when I processed, you know, uh, the show is we invited the listeners in on it more than uh uh, any other show because when you invite a listener in on an idea, hey, we have this idea. Why don't we? We're thinking about launching a frozen turkey uh, uh, with a with an Estes rocket, a gigantic one. And and the joke is for Thanksgiving, as God is my witness, turkeys can fly. Like, what do we want to do? And then a guy will call up and goes, well, and this is how this happens. So organically, a, a listener would call up, well, um, I'm at a rocketry club and, and I can like build one like six feet with put the engine. And then another guy goes, hey, my uncle has a piece of desert that he let you go out and and then and so it would come together because the listeners made it happen. Because it was, and this is my favorite part, because it was stupid. There's no reason to do that. 7,000 people show up to watch a rocket launch a frozen turkey. Yes. Driving hours out into the desert because it was stupid. The reason why? Because it was stupid. And that, that is my joy with the show. So with that in mind, uh, we really feel as though uh, it is time to share with you uh, the old lady farting in the fog. Uh, this this old lady, she's I, I don't know. Well, wait, hang on, we gotta get your thing. Oh, it's ready. It's over there. So this old lady, she's she's up in years, and she's um, she's on this cruise, uh, this this thing, and she uh, she the night before she wasn't feeling great, so she had a lot of fruit for 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 dinner. And so she's, uh, she's out that morning. She couldn't sleep well because of the stomach issues. And so she's out on the deck of the boat, and it's like 5 a.m. You know, this gets longer every time we do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think they call it embellish. <laughs> yes, it's, it gets longer. So, yeah, she's uh, out on the deck of this, uh, of this boat crossing the harbor. And uh, it's foggy. And she's, she's standing there. It's kind of chilly. She's got her... Uh, scarf over her ears and wrapped up in a blanket over her shoulders ladies and gentlemen old lady farting in the fog you can hear the fog horn up in the distance she thought she was alone you want to take five more minutes to say <laughs> <laughs> four, hour, four hour show mark <laughs> old lady Farting in the fog. The fog is rolling. Torn in the distance. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Oh. 
Well, you know that fruit. It's a good kind of tired. Yes, yes, you do that fruit. Uh, should we take a break here, Gare? Or, or we can. Uh, well, no, I, I don't know. Quinn and Williams, New York Jets, defensive tackle, Alabama, third pick. All right, oh, he's a stud. All right, that guy. Uh, oh, we're holding up a note. Okay. Oh, okay, we're going to announce this. We said at the beginning of the show when we started that um, it was a tradition. We uh, we do this on the show. We a thing we called kid talent or stupid kid talent or whatever you want to call it. But we'd have uh, we give pe- people a, a, an exact time to call in and and basically use their kids to win stuff on our show. Um, so if you have a talented child, uh, the age limit I think we went twelve or ten. It doesn't matter. Ten. Okay, ten or, ten or under. 10 or under, uh, then call the show, 800-955-KLOS. And uh, Mary Lazarian, the lovely Mary, uh, will answer the phone and sign you up. And we're giving away a pair. A pair. A pair. <laughs> Two. All right. a winner. Okay, a pair of Disney tickets. All right, Rita's pointing to this. Be caller 25. No, 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 no. <laughs> no this part. To a special Disney After Dark Superhero U verse on April 30th. That's what they'll win a pair of tickets to. Okay, that's going to be great. And, and we're looking forward to it. So uh, you can start calling now and we'll get you on the phone. We're not going to do it next break, but it'll be, uh, uh, I think we said uh, six. We'll do it around six or something. Six or so, yeah. All right. Uh, but when we come back, and this is so coincidental. This is, this it is. is incredibly it is uh, coincidental mm-hmm. uh, that it's uh, uh, KLOS's 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. We are uh, are doing our reunion show mm-hmm. uh, here today, and also in town, mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, starting today, I think it is. But there's another radio convention in town. I'll be so damned! There's wow. a radio convention <laughs> in town, or really? so it's happening now, um, and I think we have a, a promo for it. That we're, we're going to be nice. talking about so. looking forward I mean, to it. What a coincidence. All It'd this be crazy that, that we would be doing. And I think you're going to remember both of these in the category of one. I wouldn't count on it. A category of one who got it and one who didn't. Guests. Okay, uh-huh. which would you like to hear first? This is just my opinion. The one who got it and the one who didn't. Uh, got us, you're talking about, or got us? What the, us? The yeah. point, the yeah. thing. Uh, got it and didn't. All right, let's go with got it first. Rupert Holmes, the artist who had him and the Pina Colada song. Two number one hits. He comes in, and we had him in, and we said, Rupert, wouldn't it be funny if we put you in the men's room at KLOS with your keyboard, and as soon as somebody walks in to go to the bathroom, you launch into the Pina Colada song. He jumped at it. So here's the acoustics at KLOS, and somebody would walk in, him, 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 what's he gonna do about him? He did it for two hours. Oh. Did it for two hours. It was I, great. I just, I bet I know who you're gonna say All for right. the one that didn't get it. All right. Can I say these three words? All right. Now I've got it written down. Three? Three words. All right. Go ahead. This old house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell the story. Nope. The- <laughs> we'll be right back. After- <laughs> uh, uh, the host of the, 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 the host of the- Bob Vila. Bob Vila. Okay. Um, Mark was talking about our record collection that <laughs> the listeners would send us. 
And uh, so we thought, hey, it'd be great if we had an actual shelf instead of just a pile of, uh, of the records. Uh, and so we invited Bob Vila in. Uh, very, very, he was very famous then, and he had the, the great hit show um, of This Old House. Uh, and he came in actually thinking he was going to do a radio interview, uh, but we had other things in mind. We said, at first he was playing along with it because he thought it was kind of a joke. I said, mm -hmm. Bob, thank you. Here's the wood. Uh, there's the, the nails and the hammers. Would you mind building us uh, and, and a shelf for for our album collection. And he goes, oh, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, sure. And he starts pounding on the thing. And we go to commercial, and he puts the hammer down. No, Bob, we really, we really need you to do that. So he pulls the wood outside of the studio in the hallway, and he actually built uh, the, the shelves, but with attitude. Well, it was something, because we put a mic out there by him so we could check in on the progress. And it was kind of something like, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and guys, the 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 album rack that he built because it was half-ass. He wasn't happy about it. Oh. It was leaning three feet to the left, yeah. but we never threw it away. We kept using it. Bob Vila, so perfect. Uh, we will take a little break. This is the Mark and Brian reunion show. We are on the glorious fifty-year-old nine-five-five KLOS.